Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I'm the guy that sounds like a bullfrog today. I uh, <laughs> woke up with, um, well, he took residency. I'm trying to kick him out. All right. Now, tell me who you are, though. I mean, you... you, you uh, well, I'm Bill Knight. Oh, I just just want to make sure we got the right guy. We, you don't have his voice today, you know? No, he, he lost it somewhere overnight. This is the guy who usually has the big, dynamic, resonant voice, and today... Not so much. He's proving once again that even he is human. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what happens uh, about tonight sometime. Mm -hmm. I'm going to sound like Lee Marvin. <laughs> James Earl Jones. <laughs> it, it, yeah. He comes back in a weird way. But right yes. now it's kind of like I keep a can of oil right here just to try to keep it. You know, I know. Just to, lub to, <laughs> to lubricate it. Well, uh, I hope you feel better, my friend. And uh, by the way. For our listeners, this might be a little more concise program today because if he loses his voice, we'll uh, we'll bail out. You know, but you know, if you find it for me, please return it. Yes, of course. A lot of things happening. Uh, I, I I guess you heard Tulsi Gabbard made uh, an interesting uh, announcement yesterday, and I have it right here. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness, who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Now, I believe in a government that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful elite. Now, I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction that the so-called woke Democratic Party ideologues are taking our country, then I invite you to join me. I apologize for the audio there. kind of broke up a bit, but... You got the gist of what she was saying. She was walking away from the Democratic Party. And not only was she walking away, but she was encouraging like-minded Democrats to come to, with her. Yeah, to join her. And uh, she said on an interview last night that uh, she got w at least one of her former colleagues in Congress uh, who sent her a thumbs up, you know, which is uh, maybe an indication that there are others soon to follow. You know what? She's a very, um, she was a diehard, very strong Democrat. Yeah. But when I say that, she was proud of her country. She was a patriot. And I think it saddened her at first that what happened to the party. But I noticed when she made that announcement, mm -hmm. she felt good. She, you know, that yeah. she was doing the right thing because she was standing up for her principles. She's she was a rising star, Bill, in the Democratic Party. They were well, touting I think she's her to be a rising star in the Republican Party. Well, she hasn't joined the Republicans yet. That's just it. She stepped away from the Democrats. She's an independent, but she hasn't stepped into the Republican Party. And I don't blame her. I don't blame she her. She doesn't have to. You know, I also think she has more in common with uh, the MAGA portion of the of the uh, Republican Party than the mainstream old school Republicans. You know what I'm saying? She right. has more in line with like the Trump followers than she does the uh, Mitch McConnell and his gang. Well, we got to get those old school Republicans and Democrats out of uh, D.C. Yeah, we do. We do indeed. Also, uh, an, Joe was interviewed yesterday. I, I don't mean to sound so informal. The, the president was interviewed yesterday by Jake Tapper, and uh, and he's a bit delusional. First, he's doing the interview and he's babbling and and he drops his cheat sheet. You can hear a drop in this. And they reached down. I think I was. I thought they were going to bang heads because they were sitting opposite each other. Mm -hmm. And when he dropped the cheat sheet, they both went down at the same time. And I thought, oh no, this is not going to be good. But uh, somehow they avoided knocking noggins. 
Uh, but this was this was Joe when that happened. Economically and politically, we are we still have real problems. But we, look look what we look what we got done. We 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 passed so much legislation that significantly makes a makes a point about you know for example the American Rescue Plan. The- now, do you have any idea what he was talking about? Because I have, I've tr- I've sat and deciphered that over and over again, and I haven't got a clue. And by the way, Jake Tapper, Jake Tapper looked confused. Okay, so that's saying he was trying to rustle around in the uh, the windmills of his mind to <laughs> figure out what he was trying to say and he hadn't a clue. No, he 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 was uh he was out for a stroll with himself. Also, mm-hmm. um he uh, talked he was asked about about Hunter. I thought this was mm-hmm. kind of actually daring on the part of Tapper. I mean, Biden usually gets really angry when stuff like this is is brought up, but uh, uh he He's proud of his son. Reporting, CNN's reporting and the Washington Post reporting suggests the prosecutors think they could, they have enough to charge your son, Hunter, uh, for tax crimes and a false statement about a gun purchase. Um, personally and politically, um, how do you react to that? Well, first of all, I, I'm, I'm proud of my son. Oh, boy, he's proud of his son. Have you seen the pictures, Joe, from the laptop? I'm just saying... I don't know about you, but uh, uh, that that's not a lot to be proud of, if you know what no, I mean. No, it's not. Uh, he's proud of his son. I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't know how to answer it. Maybe he just figures, I, I haven't got a logical answer, so I'm proud of my son, period. Well, yeah. I, I, if it were your son, how would you answer it? I would say, well, that's a tough one, but he's had time to figure it out, and he's got speechwriters that could come up with, the perfect dancer, but they haven't done it. Yeah, well, he, he he was having a hard time with all of his answers yesterday. Uh, listen to this one here, Bill. Listen. We passed the look. What I ran on, I said we're going to deal with energy, right? And and the energy problem, we're going to deal with the whole notion of global warming. We passed three hundred sixty-eight billion dollars worth of help, which, as the same bankers talk about, is going to bring a billion, a trillion, seven hundred billion dollars, billion dollars off the sidelines of investment. <laughs> I looked at you when you heard that. I unbelievable. Oh, a billion, a trillion, a million, seven hundred. It's, it's over on the sidelines. Yeah, I know. He he is. Um, I think he spent his whole career trying to BS everybody. And, and it worked when he was younger and could think logically. But I think he's so confused now and he's so cognitively challenged that he can't uh, do it anymore. Well, you know, they blamed it for a while on his stuttering, but I never heard that. New, neither you know, did I. I saw him mimic it, but I never heard it. What I'm hearing is his cognitive ability uh, that's been fading since he got into office. You know, in the meantime, everybody in his... Uh, administration is, is just hiding his problem. And uh, yesterday, Karine Jean-Pierre, you got to love that name, you know, Karine Jean-Pierre, en français, s'il vous plaît, merci beaucoup, Karine Jean-Pierre. Oh, thank heavens for little girls. But anyway, sorry, I got uh, pulled away there. Uh, she talked about uh, how the disposable income is going up and the gas prices are coming down. If you think I'm kidding, listen. We have seen some important progress for the American people. A couple of things that I lay out. We, we, we've seen real disposable income and real consumer spending, both increase in part thanks to the strength of our job market. Uh, gas prices are down over $1 per gallon since their peak this summer. That's an overall decline of 22%. Do you ever get the impression that they're in the White House sitting around a table just lying to each other? Yeah, I think so. And disposable income, that really gets down to your interpretation of it. You know, I mean, because I feel like uh, my income yeah. is being thrown away right now. So it is disposable <laughs> by that definition. I it, do is, think. Isn't that the truth? Holy And watered smokes. down gas might be their, oh. their idea of lowering gas prices. She And she says it with a, a smile and conviction. And you know, I don't know how this, this is the same press corps. Do you remember how they were constantly attacking uh, the, you know, Kaylee McEnany and uh, uh, all, her predecessors at, at yeah. the forum? They were just in, 
constantly going after him. They wouldn't let him finish his sentence. They sit there like dolts for this uh, Karine Jean-Pierre. They just stare. Don't don't challenge her. You know why? Why? I don't think that they feel that they can attack her because of the LGBTQ thing or her color. And I'm sorry, but uh, they're afraid. What a shame. I mean, what a, that, that's hypocrite. They're not there to be politically correct. They're there to be an active media that uh, that challenges lies, and they're not doing their job. Now, I'm not saying she's not fit for the job. I'm just saying she's she's like a uh, like using a kid as a human shield. She's a, a political woke. You're shield. a kinder man than I am, based with based upon her performance. I don't think she's fit for the job. Well, yeah, I'm I think, trying to be kind. I, I know. She she may be a nice person. She may be very accomplished in a lot of other areas, but she is not accomplished as a press secretary, in my opinion. No. But no, uh, she, dreamed, she dreamed she wanted to have the job. She's got the job. Now what is she going to do with it? Yes, that's true. She gets to hang around the White House, which is neat. Um, oh, great. Another thing that happened yesterday, you know, Joe is constantly, uh, he's saying things like this, you know. They're, 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 you're okay. You're not going to, you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah. Yeah. That's Joe. You're not going to get COVID. But yesterday his COVID czar said this. The follow-up since the White House has now said the pandemic is over. Um, can you just talk a little bit about what the message is for Americans as we head into the winter months? Um, can they behave as though it's business as usual as long as they are vaccinated? Yeah, so the president was very clear. COVID is not over. There's a lot of work to do. We still have three to 400 Americans dying every day. Uh, tens of thousands of people getting infected every day. There is a lot of work to do. What we know is that if we want to keep people safe and protect them from serious illness, which is obviously priority number one, the number one thing that people need to do is get vaccinated. And the number two is if you have a breakthrough infection, you need to get treated. If people did those two things, it would make an enormous difference in preventing hospitalizations, preventing ICU stays, preventing deaths. And those are the top priorities. Oh, wait a second. The president made it very clear that the COVID crisis is not over. They're, they're, you're okay. You're not going to. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah. Unbelievable. Un- unbelievable. These people are throwing out. Uh, they're trying to pretend that uh, Joe's on the same page, and everybody who's paying attention knows that he's not. You know, a lot of Democrats right now are distancing yeah. uh, themselves from his agenda and what. He's saying they, they have to. Yeah. Well, you know, his Surgeon General said this. All right, so two very different views there of the state of the pandemic. Is the pandemic over? I actually don't think they're all that different. What the president's reflecting is the fact that we've made tremendous progress against COVID-19. We're in a very different place now than we were at the beginning of this pandemic with significantly lower death rates. We have all of our children back in school. We have people able to go back to work, families and friends able to see each other. But he also said, you know, we have more work to do on COVID. And that's right. And that's why Dr. Fauci and others have expressed as well. Uh, you know, we're losing about 400 people a day on average for this virus. We need to get that number lower. We have people who are struggling with long COVID. We need to understand more about long COVID and how to prevent it. And we also, thankfully, have a new updated vaccine uh, that's available that can extend people's protection, strengthen their protection against the worst outcomes of COVID. We need people to take that vaccine. So there is more work to do, no doubt. But we are in a much better place uh, than we were at the beginning of this pandemic. Okay, so the Surgeon General says it ain't over. Uh, the COVID czar says it ain't over, but Joe says they're, they're, you're okay. You're not going to you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah. Who who's who's right here? <laughs> who's right here? Well, I'll tell you, Joe's not right. We know that in a lot more ways than you can think. He's not right. Yeah. Well, he is. Uh, he's not thinking clearly. And but the thing that gets me, I don't know. I haven't got the audio bill. But I heard right. it yesterday. They had a uh, a representative to the EU, I believe he was from the Netherlands, who um, who was talking about uh, the Pfizer vaccine and and the lie that it and, and he asked one of the Pfizer uh, vice presidents who was in front of the EU yesterday, um, 
did you test this? What kind of results did you get when you tested this? And she came out and said something along the lines, and I'm paraphrasing here, uh, well, we didn't have a chance to, uh, to do what we were working at the speed of science. We were working, that's a quote. She said, she said, we're working at the speed of science. What in gosh names does that mean? We're working at the speed of science. Now you know why they got that uh, waiver from being sued. You know, they got that when they put the vaccines together in the beginning, they wouldn't, right. they wouldn't release it until the government gave them a, uh, a hold harmless. You can't sue us if anybody gets sick from this vaccine. And the government said, okay, look, we need the vaccine, so we will sign that agreement. So you really can't sue the pharmaceutical companies if the damn thing kills you or makes you violently sick. Now, And I got to tell you, Bill, I got the first two shots. I walk around and I think to myself, you know, is, is it a, is it a, uh, a loaded revolver waiting to go off? You never know. No. I don't know. I no, I didn't get the shots. Everyone's going to see you're sick, but this is the flu from a person that had the flu. They said, "Oh, yeah, I went in, got the COVID test. It was negative. They said it was the flu. I got my uh, my medicine for it. Cough, cough, right in my face. <laughs> and uh, but I, I'm I'm not contagious. No, no. As and long as six you hours stay. later, I'm going cough, cough. I'm going. Of course, you're not. <laughs> I hope you feel better. You sound like you, you, you know, you're smiling and stuff. I, you look like the same guy, but you, you sound like you're having a, a little bit of a struggle uh, this morning, which is understandable. Um, so a lot of things. Joe obviously is confused. A lot of people are talking now, and I'm he hearing more and more people talk about uh, maybe it's time for Joe to go, the 25th Amendment, you know. Maybe it's time to, uh, to pull the, the ripcord, you know. Now, Joe said he's waiting for the uh, midterms to see what happens there to decide if he's going to run again in yeah. 2024 because he said. But he ah, said to Jake Tapper, he said to Jake Tapper in that clear headed interview, he said he's he's going to run. He's going to run. Yeah. yeah so he, he can beat Trump. I oh, would like sure. to see the Democrats put him up. Just say, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, you put right. up Trump. Yeah. They put up Joe. Oh, uh, he. If you heard the whole interview, and I heard chunks of it more than I have, uh, he is so confused, and, and it's an embarrassment. It's tough. It's tough to think that this is the leader of the free world. This is the guy, like we've talked about before, who is walking around with uh, the nuclear football. And, and he's the first guy in generations to even reference uh, using the nuclear football. Now, Armageddon, he said it. It's, it's, it's strange. But um, anyway, he is, um, he is confused and delusional, and uh, we have him for two more years, it looks like. So you got to pray that nothing terrible happens between now and then. I've often wondered, what happens if a real problem happens? What kind of a decision is he going to make for our country? We, I mean, think about it for a second. He doesn't know what what part of the stage to walk off of. He's shaking hands with invisible people. And yet let's say Putin pulls a, a real, uh, you know, he pulls his sword, so to speak, and uh, challenges us. How is this guy going to respond? Well, that's a good question. And I, that's why we have to win the midterms because then we can, we can neutralize Biden and at least get some kind of, normalcy in that White House going. Otherwise, we're in real trouble. Well, speaking of confusion yesterday, um, you know, they're really pushing. The, the left is really pushing John Fetterman. I mean, the guy is absolutely uh, in, uh, lost. Uh, the stroke has done an, an incredible amount of damage. Uh, it's almost sinful that they take a guy who has gone through this and they put him in, in the limelight. Well, I think it's, they did the same thing with Biden. Biden, you know, he, he had uh, brain issues, he had brain surgery. Obviously, he's had uh, cognitive problems, and they the Democrats still push him. They're doing the same thing with Fetterman, and uh, they had him on for a, an interview yesterday. First, they talked uh, individually with one of the reporters for a different show, and uh, it was... Uh, 
Here's his response. Look. At first, I just wanted to check in and see how how you're feeling and how you're doing. I'm doing fa- I'm doing fantastic, and and uh, it's not about kicking balls uh, in the authority or anything. No. I know what you're thinking. I'm going to play this to you one more time. Listen carefully to his answer. At first, I just wanted to check in and see how how you're feeling and how you're doing. I'm doing fa- I'm doing fantastic, and and uh, it's not about kicking balls uh, in the authority or anything. It's not like kicking balls in the authority or anything. Kicking the authorities' balls. <laughs> Is that what he's I, trying to say? I, I don't know. It's not like, is that an answer you would give as a senatorial candidate? It's not, even if it, let's, let's straighten that around a bit, right? It's not like kicking the authority in the balls, right? Would you say yeah. that as an answer? I'm, I don't, no, I don't know. I wouldn't even say it's like kicking them in the sack, <laughs> but no, I, I don't understand what he's talking about. I don't think he does either. Uh, he also did a long form. I'm sorry, you had something you wanna you wanna say? Well, I was just gonna say, you know, his campaign has run into uh, a roadblock on his uh, releasing criminals because oh, really? now it turns out forty more than forty percent of all the criminals mm-hmm. released in Pennsylvania go back to repeat offenders. So, and it's it's now affecting his his poll numbers because people are going, "This guy's an idiot. You can't do this." But he's but he is, folks. I I drive down the street and I'm still amazed at the number of people who have Fetterman signs on their front lawn. I think to myself, are they awake? Are these people living in a delusional world? Have they seen this guy that they're promoting? Do they know what's going on in their state? Or are they just Democrats and they'll vote for anybody who's a Democrat? Uh, old-term Democrats will vote for Democrats regardless. Well, that that is that is That is sad. That is sad. These people just aren't paying attention. This is someone said this, and it's true. This is an IQ test for the state of Pennsylvania. It also may also say about uh, the state of the cheating system in the state of Pennsylvania, too. Yeah. Um, He was on a long form interview on MSNBC, and I'm not going to play you any of that because it was dribble. The guy was so confused. He had a large screen computer screen in front of him and what happened he has uh, i guess google makes a program where the interviewer talks and it gives you instant uh captioning at the bottom oh yeah so he was able to read the questions and apparently with the problems that he has it's an auditory thing he can he can read and understand he just can't he doesn't it doesn't uh compute when he hears it and he can't verbalize it either. So those are two big things. I mean, if you're a senator on the floor of the Senate, you've got to be able to hear what the other senators are saying, understand what they're saying, and then you have to respond with uh, with audio. You have to talk. But uh, here's what the, the person who had the interview with Fetterman said yesterday. Uh, we had a monitor set up so that he could read my questions because he still has lingering auditory processing issues as a result of the stroke, which means he has a hard time understanding what he's hearing. Now, once he reads the question, he's able to understand. You'll hear he also still has some uh, problems, some challenges with speech. And I'll say, Katie, that just in some of the small talk prior to uh, the interview before the closed captioning was up and running, it did seem that uh, he had a hard time understanding our our conversations. Think about that. He had a hard time understanding the com- the small talk conversation, the one-on-one conversation before the interview. So she'd be talking to him before they started rolling the cameras, and he just looked lost in space. And then again, he says things like this. At first, I just wanted to check in and see how, how you're feeling and how you're doing. I'm doing fa- I'm doing fantastic, and and uh, it's not about kicking balls uh, in the authority or anything. Okay, <laughs> you're having fun with that audio. Oh, I am. <laughs> it's not like kicking balls in the authority or anything like that. No, it's, it isn't, John. Really, um, do people do people on his staff do they understand what they're doing when they put him out in public like this? I mean, it's embarrassing. The guy is, uh, he's lost. 
Well, I think they're cooking his numbers, number one. They do want to get him in. And what's going on with him will not go away overnight. Uh, and maybe not even in his term. Sometimes it's permanent. Uh, but either way, it's a long haul. He shouldn't be running. But all they want to get him do is get him in because then they can push through anything they want to push through. Yeah. Well, it, it, it is a starry, sorry state of affairs. Well, you know, I say that, but he's still like two points ahead of Oz, although the, the, the gap is shrinking. And people are concerned now on the left that uh, that gap is going to disappear before uh, the election in 27 days. Well, yeah, it is disappearing. It's disappearing for the Democrats everywhere. And now the Democrats are taking the uh, the Republican uh, line, which is true. A lot of Republicans don't show, you know, what they're doing. They just don't take part in polls. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're invisible. Well, I think, that, I think that that way with signage too, Bill, the Democrats feel they can stick their signs out on their front lawn and nobody is going to come along and deface their property. But the Republicans, they've had the experience of putting Trump signs on their front lawn and having, you know, uh, toilet paper thrown in their yard and, and uh, signage damaged and uh, people screaming at their kids. I mean, the left is hostile toward the right, far more than the right is hostile to the left. Look, they do the nasty memes. They do the uh, uh, they do the nasty sayings. They do everything. And by the way, if you look it up, uh, that's actually psychotic. That means Democrats are psychotic. You know, they shouldn't even have the right to vote they... by the by the definition of what they do. And I think again, it goes back to what we were just saying. The Republicans won't stick the signs in their lawn. They won't tell their friends what they're going to do in the polls. They just go out and, and do it. They know? show up, yep. they vote, which you got to do. But if the other side shows up and steals, that's their way of voting. Steal it. Yeah. Other things happening in the world. Biden administration is doing their darndest to get us into, into war. Doing their darndest. Joe I Double. think they're going to do it. Do you, do you think it's going to happen? I think that Russia will use the uh, short-term or not short-term, but the short-range nuclear uh, range, easy for me to say, short-range nuclear missiles. Yeah, you think Russia's so, going to do it in, in the Ukraine? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I, uh, it's, I agree. It's to their benefit to do it. And in war, anything is fair. And the thing is, I think Putin knows that one limited-yield nuclear bomb in the Ukraine probably will stop the war altogether. I mean, right. it, it is such a devastating thing. I mean, if they if they take out, God forbid, uh, a small town as a show of force, and and you know we're not gonna, we're not going to go to nuclear war over that. You know that. We, I mean, we'll huff and puff. I don't think we will be launching any nuclear missiles. These aren't like the old days when the silos opened up and you knew that's a nuclear weapon in that silo. Now they can put these limited-yield nuclear warheads on conventional launchers, roll them out into uh, you know, the countryside, and set them off. The only thing that could happen is uh, with that, a third player with evil intent yeah. could use it as an opportunity to fire off a big nuke Boy, and trigger something. Boy, isn't that the truth? I've, I've thought of that too. You're absolutely correct. You know, um, Joe has doubled down on our commitment. I don't. I cannot understand the reasoning other than he's trying desperately to hide the crimes that he he and other politicians and uh, people in our in our uh, government have been involved with in the Ukraine. Someone said yesterday they think that Zelensky has all the blackmail information he needs on Biden and company. And he has essentially told us, told us you either pay up or I'm going to release this to the world. And I thought that's, that sounds pretty uh, cutthroat, but it's probably true. Well, you know, just uh, in the past couple of days, Russia has offered the Ukraine the opportunity of Zelensky to sit down and negotiate a peace, a truce. You know, and Zelensky said no, but he wants more arms and help 
yes. in the United States. Yeah. This is the guy who, what, last week said we should we should use nuclear weapons on Russia? Yeah. Now, the UAE and the Middle East, they're picking sides. Really? And it ain't the Ukraine. They're going, they're siding with Russia. What's interesting, so, I was going to tell this to you, I, I, I don't know if you ever listened to Mark Levin. I like him. I think he's a yeah, smart guy. But I disagreed with him on his position. He's he's solidly on the side of the Ukrainians. And and I think it's, and I can understand this. Uh, he's saying that uh, a lot of the Jewish people in Russia are being warned to leave Russia because uh, I guess uh, they're afraid that they're going to be persecuted. I don't, I don't, I've, I haven't heard this and I haven't read this, but he said this last night. I thought, boy, he said, and you know, they don't, they don't persecute the Jewish people in the Ukraine. I was listening. We played the cut yesterday from uh, Rebecca Koffler, who's an expert who says, no, no, the Russians love Putin. They think he's yeah, doing I, the right I thing. I don't know because they would have persecuted a long time ago. I, I don't quite believe that. And when you I don't talk either. to Russian citizens and Ukrainians from the east, you know, it is the Western Ukraine, Zelensky. They're the butchers. They're the barbaric people. Yeah, They're the ones, even if you go through history, it's been that part of the Ukraine that's always been the bad seed. Even Levin said he had to admit, yes, they do have a small faction of Nazis in the Ukrainian army. And I thought to myself, wait a second, pull over. You don't, if you know, you don't get away with it that easily. He, he was trying to brush off the fact that it's not a significant amount of the army, but any part of the army that's Nazi is a bad part of the army. And, and you know, mm -hmm. what's his face? Putin said, we're going in there to get rid of the bioweapons and the Nazis. Right. And, and initially the Ukrainians in the West denied that there were either in the country and come to find out, yes, they had what over 30 bio labs on the border of uh, Ukraine and Russia. I mean, right along the well, border. First it was none. Then it was under 10, yeah. maybe 13 yep. and now 30 yep. over. Amazing. And, uh, they had to admit that the Azov battalion had its roots. It, it wasn't, they call it neo-Nazi, which means new Nazi. Right. But that's not the case. These these Azov uh, people, their roots go directly back to the Nazis of World War II. Do you know what I'm saying? They're this yeah, uh, direct, they direct lineage. They didn't break off. They didn't disappear and then restart. They supposedly go all the way back to uh, to World War II. So yeah, look at what Putin is saying, and you got to wonder, is there some truth to it? Now, they will immediately turn around and say that we're unpatriotic and un-American for even wondering whether there's some validity to Putin's argument. Do you know? They're, they're, they're telling us if you're not on the side of the Ukrainians, uh, you're not an American. And that's, that's nonsense, folks. That is baloney. How many times have, uh, have we been sold a bill of goods by this administration, by a lot of administrations, by the way. I mean, we were told that uh, there were weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. We went in there, bombed the living crap out of the Iraqis, and uh, lost thousands of our own men, and then come to find out uh, Dick Cheney and company said, well, we got the wrong info. Well, Happened uh, too many times. And I wanted to read this to you. This is interesting. The U.S. has sent more than $54 billion to the Ukraine since the war against Russia started. This is according to the New York Times. Uh, mm -hmm. The aid package can be broken down into multiple types of aid. This is, again, the New York Times. They say $54 billion, but they've approved $67 billion, so there's a lot more that they uh, haven't accounted for here. Right. Uh, weapons and other supplies, $12.5 billion. Economic support, $9.4 billion. U.S. military deployments and intelligence, $9 billion. Food assistance, health care, and other aid, $7 billion. Military and security assistance, $6 billion. 
Grants and loans by military supplies, $4.7 billion. Migration and refugee assistance, $1.8 billion. Other foreign aid, $1.5 billion. Assistance to Europe, Eurasia, and uh, Central Asia, $1.1 billion. Administration for Children and Families, $0.9 billion. Diplomatic programs and other, half a billion dollars. And enforcing sanctions, $0.3. Some of these things are nonsense. They've just made up these subdivisions. They actually fall into one category, you know? Uh, I mean, uh, for example, weapons and other supplies, $12.5 billion. And then they say U.S. military deployments and intelligence, nine. Have one category, military. You know? It's all the same. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. interesting. Uh, they are blowing our money. How much have they spent on our border? Do you remember? Our infrastructure. How much have we spent here on anything? Absolutely. Uh, how about the rail systems that they were supposed to uh, put back in shape? Speaking of rail, did you hear where we're on the verge of another strike and it may happen around the holidays? Yeah. Four, four of the unions never ratified yeah. that, uh, that contract. And nobody was happy with it. So that's still on the verge of happening. The airlines are out there. UPS, everything. Unbelievable. It, it's, it's about to fall apart. Unbelievable. I heard somebody mention today that they're talking about uh, the recession hitting around Christmas. Now, it's mm -hmm. kind of here already, but I guess it's going to hit in a big way around Christmas, which is... Yeah, but if all the supplies go to hell in a handbasket, Gas prices are going up. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to be we're going to be condemned to being at home, and we may not have power or water. Yeah, I uh, have a, a long interview here, Bill. It's about seven minutes, which is going to be good for you. You can sit back and sip some warm coffee, coffee on your on your on your throat. You know, that's right. I get yeah. the coffee on your throat. Yeah, you know, It'll... so you you can uh, you can sort of lubricate the old uh, larynx there. And uh, hopefully feel a little better. Well, I had the larynx removed. Did you really? <laughs> I yeah, did. I did. Oh. Myra Flores is the new representative, the one that came in about yeah. uh, three months ago in Texas. And she's a Republican, and she's Latino. And she, I guess, is originally from Mexico, or her family is. And, right. uh, and she's a solid uh, conservative. And they did an interview with her. Maria Bartiromo did. And even on Fox, they're surprised. They're not. She's Maria's not surprised, but a lot of people are surprised at how many of the Latinos are moving away from the Democrats and voting for Republicans. They're saying they're going to go with uh, the Republican candidates in uh, 27 days. This is the interview. It's Myra Flores and Maria Bartiromo on Fox. Assess the situation for us at the border, and what is your reaction to these migrant buses showing up in big cities, uh, in uh, sanctuary cities in the country? Well, we are at max capacity here in South Texas, and the humanitarian crisis happening here is not just a South Texas problem. This is an American problem, and we do need New York, California, and all these sanctuary cities to step up and help us here in South Texas. We're hurting tremendously. We have been completely abandoned. And like I said, we are at, at max capacity. We need help. We can't do this alone. So it, it is time for, for them to step up. Well, I want to get your take on, on what others are saying about this because Kamala Harris was on late night TV last night and she was asked about the border by Seth Meyers. Uh, she's turning it around on Republicans. Listen to the vice president last night. And I just think it's an absolute dereliction of duty. If you see a problem and if we agree that, that we need to address it, then if you're a leader, participate in a solution because we are offering solutions. But instead this gamesmanship with real human beings who trust us. Congressman, your reaction? Well, to be honest with you, I am sick and tired of her. Uh, she's completely useless. She's never cared to come here to South Texas and come and see what her policies and the Biden administration's policies are doing to us here in South Texas. She needs to come to South Texas and see the reality. And how many more immigrants have to die for her to come to South Texas and care for us, to care for immigrants? 
humanitarian crisis it hurt, is hurting all of us. It's hurting immigrants as well. If she wants to help immigrants, if the Biden administration wants to help immigrants, if Vicente Gonzalez wants to help immigrants, why not focus on the legal process? Let's improve the legal process to allow good people that want to come here to accomplish the American dream, to work hard. We want immigrants to come here, but legally. So let's focus on legal immigration, not illegal immigration, knowing it's funding criminal organizations, the cartel, knowing that these women and children are going through abuse. How is that helping immigrants? Yeah. How is that helping the American people? Well, I mean, do you think they actually understand the constituents that you're talking about? I mean, we've been looking at polls and it does appear that Hispanics, Latinas uh, are, are leaving the Democrat Party and, and favoring the GOP, partly because of this issue. Uh, and, and I'm wondering if you see a tin ear when it comes to actually speaking to these populations. Here's a soundbite of Katie Hobbs. She's running for governor of Arizona right now. Watch this. So there's not one specific lesson you could share with you. Other than it's kind of she's learned from the Latino community, your thoughts on why you're seeing a movement from this voting block? Well, the Democrat Party has completely abandoned the Hispanic community to cater to the far left that is anti-God and anti-family. South Texas, the Hispanic community has always been pro-God, pro-family, all about hard work. That is just who we are. It's in our DNA and we want border security and the people want us to start focusing on them. My constituents want me to focus on our district and I am obligated to do that. You know, I want to focus on the people that elected me to be in the position that I am in and we're focused on this humanitarian crisis and not focus on the people that elected us to be in the positions that we're in and I'm 100% focusing on Texas 34 and putting my district first. Uh, so the question becomes what do you do about it? Oregon has joined more than 20 states who are sending National Guard members to assist agents overwhelmed at the border. I want to get your take on what the answer is because Michigan Democrat Congresswoman Debbie Dingell was on in the program earlier and I asked her who's to blame for this crisis. Here's what she said. It's, is your statement that the fentanyl problem did not get worse under Joe Biden? My statement is fentanyl is a real problem in this country but drugs have been a problem. We've had a war on drugs since Ronald Reagan. Things have accelerated under Joe Biden because of the wide open border. Agreed? Wow, she obviously doesn't understand what, what's happening here in, in, in the border. And again, they're playing politics with human lives. We're talking about over 300 people that die every single day because of fentanyl. Our border patrol agents are focused on the humanitarian crisis and not able to stop the fentanyl that is coming in into our country, that is killing our children, our youth. This is something very serious. This is something that both parties should be working together. But again, they are playing politics with human lives, and we have to put an end to this because this should not be political. So are you also looking at the policies that have sent you out of the Democrat Party and into the GOP? This morning we're learning that Tulsi Gabbard uh, has left the Democrat Party, denouncing it as an elitist cabal. You were able to turn over a seat that was held by Democrats for 100 years. What's going on in terms of of, uh, people moving away from the Democrats. Is it the same Democrat party that you know and grew up with? No, it's not. I was a Democrat. I also walked away from the Democrat party. My father was a Democrat all his life and walked away in 2020 because the Democrat party has gone so far left. They just no longer stand for our conservative values or care about the American people. They've completely abandoned us. Again, they are playing politics and not putting the American people first. And it's not about, for me, it's not about a political party. We need to start putting the American people first. It's time we do that. And Maida, we should have
point out that your husband is a border agent, so he's in the thick of things every single day. What is he seeing? Does he have enough support? I mean, agents tell me that 70% of them in, in, in many times are in buildings processing people rather than actually doing the job on the border because they just don't have enough. I, I'm also told that there's 15,000 border agents overall, and that compares to what Joe Biden wants to be 166,000 IRS agents. So you see the priority of this administration. Correct. We need 87,000 Border Patrol agents instead of 87,000 IRS agents to secure our borders. Our, our Border Patrol agents are going through so much. They're not able to enforce the laws that they were they were they took an oath to do so. So it, it's very frustrating because we have the laws already that Congress put in place and our Border Patrol agents are not able to do that. And it, it's time that we enforce the laws that Congress passed. Representative Mayor Flores from Texas with Maria Bartiromo on her program on Fox. Good interview. Um, did you hear Debbie Dingle? She sounded lost in space. She sure did. <laughs> you know, we've had drugs in this country since uh, Ronald Reagan. Does she not know the, of the increase in the fentanyl uh, distribution in, in, in recent uh, years? No, they're trying to shift the focus. And she didn't do a good gear shift on no. that one. And there is no gear shift. There's a problem that we have going on right now. And you you have to address it. Governor Abbott had a suggestion about, as far as addressing the problem, he said this. Executive order designating cartels as terrorists in Texas and directing yep. the Texas Department of Public Safety to take immediate action to, among other things, identify gangs that are supporting Mexican cartels and work to seize assets as well as uh, disrupt cartel networks. Well, there you go. By the way, that's exactly what uh, Carrie Lake is going to do if she's governor in, uh, in Arizona. She said as soon as she's governor in Arizona, she's going to declare an invasion. And, you know, the, the U.S. government won't stand up for the Arizona border that gives her a default position where she can't. See, I That's guess right. I guess if the U.S. government is doing the job, then the state has to step back. They can't. There can't be a conflict. But if the U.S. government is ignoring the problem, then she has a default position right to step forward with her national guard. There's a lot of power within the state itself. Yeah, yep. she's going to take advantage of it, and I would if I were her. So we have Texas. Uh, going to war essentially against the cartels. Somebody said that president Trump had a plan and he, he was going to literally go to war, declare war against the cartels as if they were like a country, which I guess would have given them the right to attack them wherever they are. Well, is the cartel not a quasi country? Well, I mean, they, they have their own leadership. They have everything. They have their own armies. Yeah. They're, yeah, they, they are, uh, heck, they're richer than most small countries. Yeah. So, yeah, you can declare war on them. In the meantime, Joe is ignoring it. Joe is pretending. When you hear Carmela Harris talk about uh, taking responsibility, did you hear her answer about how we have to take responsibility and do the job? I'm thinking to myself, does she know what she's saying? This no. is somebody who is the border czar who hasn't gone to the border and hasn't commented on the problem. No. You know, she said that people have to speak with their votes. And she's absolutely right. They do have to speak with their votes. The only difference is conservatives go out and physically vote. Yeah. Uh, liberals steal it. You said something um, interesting during the uh, the uh, Myra Flores interview you said oh my little note yeah you said uh it's the educated minorities if you remember they controlled the black vote mm -hmm. because you know and they 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 empowered them through social programs and we're here to help you and yep and, and fight the white people and the white power but see they they wanted to, they wanted them dumb because you can yeah. lead a dumb person an uneducated person you can lead around, but that changed. They've gotten an education and they realize that, wait a minute, 
I'm still a slave. And I'm a and and my master is telling me that this you're you know, nobody's you know, your master. Same thing with the Latinos. What people don't realize is that for the longest time for generations the black family was was solid. I'm talking about decades ago. The, mm-hmm. They had a solid and then during the sixties the um the Democrats made it made it advantageous for single parents to get more money. Oh yeah. And they divided the poor black families because they would get more money. And it was actually financially beneficial for them to have a family and not be married. So mm-hmm. the, the, the nucleus, you know, was gone in the in the minority black family. And that was a direct result of democratic political policy. Absolutely. Now, thank goodness, uh, people in all minorities are starting to pay attention to what's really going on. In the Trump election, I think he got uh, 30% of the black vote, which was like unheard of. I think I think the first time around he got like 17% of the black vote, which is eh, expected. But 30% is unheard of. Well, you know, I, I hate the fact that we have to be divisive and go... Well, you got the Latino vote, you got the black vote, you got the white vote. To me, a vote is a vote. And you address the issues of the commonality of everybody. Everybody should be on the same page, you know, or be treated on the same page. I agree, 100%. It is, in my opinion, it is the left that divides. Yeah. Not the right. The right doesn't divide. The right includes the right literally welcomes minorities into the fold, whereas the left wants you in their fold, but not included altogether. Meaning if you're a black, you're in this group. If you're a Latino, you're in this group. If you're uh, some other minority, LGBTQ, you're in this group. They divide you into little segments. Yeah. I mean, look, at the end of the day, we're all equal. The end of the day. Yeah. doesn't matter that, you know, your skin color, how you identify, you know, we all have the same basic rights or we should. We're getting actually near the end of the show and you so far holding your own, you haven't uh, started to croak like a, uh, a little frog or anything like that. So uh, no, actually what will happen is as the day progresses and I drink about two or three pots of coffee, the voice will come back. A very good chance tomorrow we'll be back. I apologize that I no, sound Bill kind of froggy and I have to kind of reserve, but maybe that's a break for you. You know, everyone. when we did when we did music programs, it was easy because you just played more music. <laughs> I mean, you just play that extra song and say say less on your program and you could hide it that way. But when you do and talk for an hour, it's hard. Um oh, yeah. interesting thing, Biden's war on oil and gas is costing the United States nearly a hundred billion dollars a year in lost output. So we're spending almost a hundred billion dollars that we don't have in the Ukraine. We're not spending any money over here in the United States of any import. I mean, uh, it's negligible what we're spending over here and we're losing a hundred billion dollars in lost revenue from not uh, pumping our own oil. Yeah. And you know what, that that's creating a, a very weird scenario. You know, if you have a gas car, is it going to hold its value or is it going to go away if we go electric? But we're really not ready for electric. So we're, 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 we're being straddled on a fence that no matter which way we go, it's us, the consumers, that are going to lose in this battle. Bill, how can they push electric? Think about it. If They can't. If you drive your, your gas car into uh, uh, heavy water, let's say, right? and your motor gets wet, sometimes, uh, you, you know, the ba- the belts will slip and maybe you'll uh, stutter a bit, but as it dries out, it'll continue to run. You you drive through water in, in an electric car and it short circuits, you're done. It's finished. It's not moving. I don't understand how they can push electric cars and think that that's the future. I don't think that's the future. I don't either. I think that there's a lot of things that we can do, or there might be alternative forms of getting electricity, so to speak, 
I was telling you about something that I was privy to, uh, that you were interested in. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, I, you know, there is technology. Well, you know, we talked about Nikola Tesla. Yeah. And he, he was a genius. This guy was so far ahead of his time. It's, it's unbelievable. He invented things and came up with ideas that were stolen, by the way, by the likes of Thomas Edison. You know, because Tesla worked with Edison in the beginning of his young career. And uh, <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, Edison said, I'll give you, was it $5,000 or $50,000? If you can fix this idea, make it work. I, I'm not sure what the idea was. Maybe it was, was it the light bulb? But it was something, that a major invention of, of Edison. And Tesla figured out how to make it work. Right. And then Tesla turned around and said, well, I did it. Am I going to get my $50,000? And Edison said, you didn't think I was serious, did you? $50,000? And Tesla picked up his coat and left his lab and never went back. But, yeah. te- but Tesla wasn't the marketing genius and businessman that Edison was. Look, uh, he figured out how to, I mean, electricity is all around us. Really, when you look at how this, this planet works, right? you know, it generates its own electricity. And some of that stuff is being applied in the modern military. You know, I mean, it's, it's being used. It's stuff that's been poo-pooed for a long time. That will never I, work. I don't, I, think I probably told you this story before, but when Tesla was inventing, was working on a project out in Long Island, he built the Tesla Tower, which looked like a gigantic mushroom. Right. And the reason why he built it was he he was trying to prove that he could distribute electricity for free through the ground into homes. And, and when uh, J.P. Morgan, who was his investor, found out that he was working on a project that he wasn't going to make any money with. JP mm-hmm. Morgan pulled his financing. Literally. He said, wait a second, you plan on giving all these people free electricity and we're not going to make a dime. And Tesla said, yes, he said, you're done. And he pulled the plug and Tesla had to move his project out to Colorado. But that's the kind of genius that Tesla was. And that goes to your point about electricity and the ground. There's electricity in the ground. There's electricity in the air. Uh, it's it's everywhere. Yep. You can make an earth ground battery if you had to, you know, that can charge your phone, play a radio. There's all kinds of things you can do. You can grab from the sky thousands of volts. Well, you know, Um, they worry about at times when they do a rocket launch, uh, static electricity on the uh, rocket itself, they have to disperse a charge buildup on the rocket for fear that it will explode the rocket itself because of you static watched electricity. watched the, uh, the movie, the, uh, the Hunt for Red October? Yes. And then, you know, he drops down from the helicopter. You can't just drop down. You have to put down the grounding. Yes. The, the helicopter has to be grounded so you can come down. Otherwise, you'd get electrocuted. From the, up in the air, there is right. electricity. Right. You have to ground the cable that you're on, I guess. Yeah. One more thing. You heard about Ben Sass, who was a never Trumper. He was a rhino. He was a Republican in name only. He is resigning his seat unexpectedly, and he's becoming, I think, the president of the University of Florida, I think. He's, I think yeah, that's, that's where, where he's he, going. this has been talked about for a week. He's going, good riddance. Yeah. Go have a good time. Don't let the door hit you in the backside as you leave. Uh, we've done it, my friend. It's time to to bid you adieu. But I think we should leave with this. At first, I just wanted to check in and see how how you're feeling and how you're doing. I'm doing fa- I'm doing fantastic. And and uh, it's not about kicking balls uh, in the authority or anything. <laughs> yeah, you well, have to leave with a smile. <laughs> it's not like kicking yeah. balls in the authority. Well, I hope his election gets a kick in the authorities. <laughs> I I happen to agree. I happen to agree with you. Um, our number is eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight or eight three three. Let's vote. Yeah, you can also uh, get us through mail at it's another Maybe you have an old fashioned remedy too, to you know tell me how to get rid of this uh, uh, frog uh, in my throat. Okay. Somebody once told me gargle with cologne. No, 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 no. Honey and tea works, really. Have you tried? I mean, yeah, I've done the not, honey and not tea. just a little bit of honey. I mean, you get a nice hot, hot cup of tea, 
and put a real generous portion of honey in it and let let it soothe the throat and it does work how about honey and whiskey well you know it doesn't help your throat but you won't think about it anymore <laughs> that's fine <laughs> have yourself a good day my friend get better we'll see you tomorrow adios